Welcome to Torah Talk, a program that challenges 2,000 years of misunderstanding and neglect of the Torah, God's law. In this show, we will be threshing ideologies by examining these scriptures in their Hebraic contexts. Our goal is to separate the wheat from the chaff, the truth from misconception. This program is sponsored by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation in Thornton, Colorado. Okay, so Yom Teruah and the return of the king. Yom Teruah is not about Jesus coming back to be coronated as king. Did you hear me? Yom Teruah is not about Jesus coming back to be coronated as king. Why? He's already the king of kings and Lord of lords. Yom Teruah is a memorial to his past coronation as king and his return to us as king. He will come in great power and glory because he is the great and glorious king. When he returns, he will judge the living and the dead, remove all evil, and give a completed and consummate kingdom back to his Father in heaven. So this teaching is going to focus on how Yom Teruah finds its inaugural fulfillment in Jesus' first arrival and how it finds its consummate fulfillment in his return. You'll see memes all over on Facebook right now during this season. It'll show that Jesus has fulfilled the spring festivals in his first coming. And then it says we're going to wait for him to come back and fulfill the fall festivals. You know, that's half true. It's half true. He actually fulfilled all the festivals in his first com coming. Those were inaugural fulfillments. And when he comes again, he'll bring those inaugural fulfillments into a consummate fulfillment. All of those, a replay, but in its consummate form. So let's take a look at Yom Teruah in the past and see how that was fulfilled already 2,000 years ago. And we'll have a greater fulfillment when he comes again. Now let me preface this. Orthodox Judaism, as represented in the Chabad, Chabad.org, it's the largest of all the Orthodox groups, they say this, the fundamental theme of Rosh Hashanah is the coronation of God as king over us. That is the theme of Rosh Hashanah, the king, his coronation. It goes on to say, a coronation is a solemn and awe-inspiring ceremony and the holy trembling of every Jew's heart at the onset of the days of awe goes far beyond the fear of punishment. The specific term for this feeling is captured in the phrase, the awe of God's grandeur. Fear stemming from each Jew's contemplation of his personal role in the king's coronation. We all have a personal role. To Abraham was promised not only his sons and his descendants, but also the nations. And so this is about the nations as well. In Jesus, the Jew first and also the Gentile. So you and I each have a personal role to play in the coronation of the king. Are you finding your role in relationship to Jesus being coronated king of kings and lord of lords? Each of us has a role to play in that. We need to pray and say, God, what is my role in exalting your son as King of kings and Lord of lords? 
So let's go to the beginning of this initial fulfillment. Daniel chapter 2, verses 44 through 45. This has to deal with the coming of the kingdom of God. Now we hear all the time, when Jesus comes again, what's going to happen? He's going to establish his kingdom, right? And begin his reign. People, he already came. He already brought the kingdom. The kingdom's here and growing already. It's been established like a mustard seed. It's been growing for 2,000 years. There's over, I think there's like, I think there's close to 2 billion people who believe that Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords in the world today. It is growing just like he said it would. This is very important for us to understand. It's not something that's coming. It's already here. Yes, it has a consummation, but it's already here. We are a part of his kingdom now. This is amazing. So in Daniel chapter 2, we have this prophecy about the coming kingdom of God. It says, in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed. It goes on to say that it is an everlasting kingdom in reference to the fact that it's his. It's the eternal kingdom of God coming to this world in the days of those kings. And what is the context? The kings of Rome, the emperors of Rome. The kingdom of God will come in the days of the emperors of Rome. Did it come? Rome 2,000 years ago? With their second emperor, that was the season of Jesus' birth. The king that was promised through Isaiah came 2,000 years ago, right on time, in the era of the kings of Rome. He came and established his kingdom 2,000 years ago. I'm so jazzed about that. We've got a great track record. Now, Daniel goes on to describe the coronation of the king, which will take place in the days of those kings 2,000 years ago. And it's in the vision that he has. And in this vision, after the fourth kingdom is described, which is Rome, it says this. I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming. This is a cloud coming event. He comes in the clouds of heaven, right? The who? The son of man coming in the clouds of heaven and notice where where is he going in the clouds this is an ascent into the heavens the vision is about him going into the heavens it's important for us to understand this because it's all about the son of man becoming king of kings and lord of lords i kept looking in the night visions and behold with the clouds of heaven one like a son of man was coming he came up to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And when's he presented before him? In the days of the kings of Rome. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. His vision back in Daniel's day was about the future when the kings of Rome would witness the ascension of the Son of Man into the clouds of heaven and would become King of kings and Lord of lords. So, did the one who would become king arrive during the reign of the kings of Rome? So the ascension must have been there. The cloud event must have been there. The coronation must have been there in order for Daniel's prophecy to be true. Let's look at that. Jesus came. He lived among us. 
He carried the weight of the sins of the world, suffered and died and paid that debt that we all owed. Yeah, Jerusalem and Rome with her emperors murdered him on the cross. It looked like it was the end, the end, before there was ever a beginning, right? How would he become king if they hung him on a cross and murdered him? Well, God raised him from the dead. On the third day, God raised him from the dead, lifted him into heaven, and gave him his robe, his scepter, and his throne. This is the coronation of Jesus as King of kings and Lord of lords. The disciples witnessed what Daniel foretold. Listen to this. Jesus is talking to them. He's ready to ascend into heaven. It's found in Acts chapter 1, 9 through 11. After he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. They're talking to him. And then all of a sudden, he begins to ascend. He's lifted up. Where? Into the heavens. And the clouds come and gather around him as he ascends out of their sight. This is Daniel 7 coming to pass. The ascension of the Son of Man going into the heavenlies where the Son of Man will become King of Kings and Lord of Lords. As they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in just the same way as you've watched him go into heaven. There's another cloud event coming. There's a second and greater cloud event coming. The Son of Man, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, is going to get off the throne of His Father and is going to come back and return to us. Good news for us, bad news for the wicked. It's going to be a day of great fire and glory and passion and excitement and fear all together wrapped up. It's going to be amazing. That's what Rosh Hashanah is all about. What are you doing to prepare your hearts for the return of your King? Isn't this exciting? Uh, I wish I could go into this. Daniel says that the beautiful thing about the Son of Man is he's one of us. And he goes and becomes what? King of kings and Lord of lords. And then what does he do? He comes back. If you read Daniel 7, he comes back and he gives the kingdom. He gives the kingdom the power and the glory to his followers. He says, come and reign with me. I've got the crown. I've got the power, the glory. Come, you who believe in me, rule and reign with me. We will judge the nations. We will judge even the angels. And we'll enter into a beautiful kingdom, a glorified kingdom in the age to come. That's Rosh Hashanah. That's Yom Teruah. Okay, so should I go on? Okay. Okay, so Paul, concerning the resurrection of Jesus, says that in Jesus' resurrection, he fulfills what was promised through David and in the Psalms, Psalms chapter 2. He says, in that resurrection, God said, you are my son, today I have begotten you. That is part of the liturgy of installing a king on the throne in the ancient Near East. And so what we have here is in Jesus' resurrection, the Father saying, today on this day in your resurrection, I've vindicated you. Today you become king. Today I've begotten you as king of kings and lord of lords, fulfilling what was promised in Psalm chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 1 also states these things concerning the son. It says, which of the angels ever had the father say to them, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Remember, 
that is part of the coronation of the king. What, what, what it's saying here is, to who among the angels did God ever say, step on up, you be king in my place? No, no, only to the son does he say, step on up, son. Here's my scepter. Here's my robe. Here's my throne. Rule and reign in my stead. This is all about the son of God becoming king of kings and lord of lords. Hallelujah. Only 20 pages left. Just one page left. Okay. So then it also goes on to say, and when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, and let all of the angels of God worship him. The angels are also called Elohim. They are deities. They are immortals. Made, made in the image of God too. They had a beginning. God's uncreated. They're created, but they are Elohim. They are gods. He is the most high God among the gods. He dwells in the congregation of the gods. And what does he say concerning the Elohim? What does he say? He says, let all the Elohim, let all the gods worship my son. Yeah, Jesus is above all of the gods because he's one with his father. He goes on to say, but of the son, he says, this is the father speaking of the son. You ready? You're going to love this. That's what he says about the son. He says to the son, your throne, your throne, oh God. The father says to his son, your throne, oh Elohim, your throne, El Gabor, mighty God, right? Your throne, your throne is forever and ever. And the righteous scepter is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your companions. This is the heavenly realm where the gods dwell and serve the most high God who made them in his image. And they all bow to Jesus because Jesus has been given his father's throne. He's the recipient of the kingdom, the power, the glory, and the authority. And in him, each of you in him have that right to participate in that kingdom glory. So the symbol of power, glory, and authority is in fact the scepter. Listen to what Genesis 49 says concerning the scepter. It says, The scepter shall not part, depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. This is the glory of Jesus. You know, I wore my shirt today. It's like a big bullseye in today's world. You've got to be careful where you wear it, right? Yeah, so this is the Star of David. The Star of David is, in fact, the Star of Jacob. The Star of Jacob is an ancient prophecy about the star, the morning star, Yeshua HaMashiach. He's the glory of God. This is the glory of Israel, and it is the glory of God. Now, I know a lot of people, you know, they've hijacked this. They've used it for other purposes. But if you want to go back to the ancient prophecies concerning who Judah is and who's going to come from Judah, you'll find out in Genesis that this star is the star of Messiah. So anyway, side note. Jesus is ruling and reigning now. He's been ruling and reigning for 2,000 years. Yom Teruah is a memorial to this coronation of King Jesus. His coronation as king in his first coming is the inaugural fulfillment of Yom Teruah. He's coming back. 
and it's going to be a greater fulfillment than ever before. Let me read this, and then we'll close. Revelation 11. Then the seventh angel, the seventh and final angel, because there's only seven. Why? There's only seven trumpets. There's only seven in terms of the completion and fulfillment of the plan of redemption as seen in the calendar. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. You know, he's coming back, and all these globalists and elitists, and how they've taken everything for themselves, and they've created all the rules and structures and ways to just keep it for themselves. He's going to come back and say, all right, good job. Hand it over. Hand it over because I'm king of kings and lord of lords. And he's going to take all that from them and he's going to give it to his own. He's going to give it to his people because his people are part of his kingdom. And his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Hallelujah. So that seventh angel is going to blow someday, and he's going to blow. I believe I can't prove it, but just based on the patterns and the theology that we have, he's going to blow that on Rosh Hashanah. One of these Rosh Hashanahs, one of these Rosh Hashanahs, the sky's going to split open, and we're all going to fall to the ground and realize this is it. He's coming again. Our king is returning. What a great day. And then listen to this. The nations raged. I think they've been practicing that part for quite a while. The nations raged, but your wrath came. And the time for the dead to be judged for rewarding your servants, the prophets and the saints. For us, there'll be rewards, right? For those who fear your name, both small and great, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant was seen within his temple. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake, heavy hail. Heavy hail. Let me rephrase that. Heavy hell. It's describing catastrophic judgment being brought on this world and those who hate God and his Messiah. I just want to say this is very important for us. I just want to say that the language we have that I just read is the language of Yom Kippur, where the ark is opened once a year, and the high priest goes in and makes a atonement for the people of Israel. Seventh trumpet, Jesus returns. Ten days later, he judges all the nations. It's a picture of moving from his return to his judgment day, and then on to his dwelling presence with us and in new heavens and a new earth. So it's going to be an amazing time. These are all dress rehearsals. We're just practicing that which is inevitable, which is coming to us. So in conclusion, let me just say, Yom Teruah is all about God exalting his only begotten son, Jesus, as king of kings and lord of lords. It began 2,000 years ago. It's going to culminate with the return of the king to, to the earth to judge the living and the dead and to usher in a newly created heavens and earth for his people. The central and foundational theme of Yom Teruah is the coordination of God as king over us and that God sent his son Jesus to die for us and pay the debt of sin that we all owe. And God then raised him from the dead and exalted him, gave him his kingdom and power and authority to
to rule and reign over everyone and everything. He is coming again. So when you hear the shofars, I hope and pray that every time you hear a shofar, it reminds you to ask yourself this question. What am I doing in my role in relationship to Jesus being King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Am I representing him? Have I joined him? Have I asked him into my heart? Have I embraced him as not only my savior, but as King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Am I advancing his kingdom, his agenda, and his righteousness, right? That's why part of the liturgy is wake up, wake up, wake up, right? It's Rosh Hashanah, wake up, the king is coming. Awake from your sleep, shake yourself, become attentive, he's coming. Wake up, wake up, wake up. We're going to play a song here during Tosh Sleek. And uh, it has part of that in the song. Wake up, wake up, wake up. And I'll tell you, I'm so excited. The shofars are meant to just wake you up. And they do, don't they? Especially when it's behind you and you're not expecting it to be blown. So it is a wake-up call. It's designed to get our attention to focus on the coming king. Hallelujah. Well, I think that's it. I think that's it. Praise God. Well, that concludes our program for this week. A special thanks to our great King Yeshua the Messiah and to you, our listeners and supporters, for making this podcast possible through your prayers and financial giving. Thank you. Know that in your prayers and giving, you are partnering with us as we advance the kingdom of Messiah in Israel, the U.S., and throughout the world. We are a highly rated and listened to Messianic podcast on iTunes. Go to iTunes and search Torah Talk, The Harvest. We're the Messianic one. There's actually another Torah talk, but, but it's, not, it's not the Messianic one. So be, sur- be, be sure to put in the search engine, Torah talk dash the harvest, Torah talk, the harvest, and you'll find us. Subscribe now, pray with us, give financially and share the vision and power of this podcast with everyone you know. And if you have time, check out all of our social media at graftedin.com. That's G-R-A-F-T-E-D-I-N.com. Baruch Hashem. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm your host, Pastor Mark. And until our next show, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Prince of Peace, Yeshua, the Messiah. Shalom. Torah Talk has been brought to you by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation located at 8891 Hose Boulevard in Thornton, Colorado. Your host has been Pastor Mark McClellan. Join us for Sabbath services at 1 p.m. next Saturday afternoon. For more information, please call us at 303-761-9948 or visit our website at www.graftedin, that's G-R-A-F-T-E-D-I-N dot com. God bless you and shalom.